Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Angry Nerds Podcast. See what I did there? So two of us. It's me and Spark. How's it going, Spark? Good. Happy to be here. Thor comes out this week. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to Thor. Um, I've heard some mixed reactions. Some people say, I've heard some people say that you, if you had some issues with Ragnarok, it kind of gets exacerbated in this one. But if you liked Ragnarok, it's you're gonna like this one too. So, I I'm in the camp. Like I had a few minor issues with Ragnarok, but I still mostly enjoy it. So I think that means I'll probably walk away enjoying this one too. But we'll see. Out on Friday. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the two of us. Uh, who knows who might drop on into our party here? But yeah, at some point. But for now, just us. Uh. Don't forget the other podcasts on the Three Angry Nerds Network, including Three Angry Gamers, Tremble the Horror Movie Podcast, the Friday Night Dinner Podcast, Nerds in Love, Spoiler Cast, and First Friday. On with the news! Okay. Taron Edgerton confirms meeting with Marvel uh, for a role, and he hints that it's for Wolverine. So, Taron Edgerton, I, I don't know. What do you think, Spark? Would you, could you see him as Wolverine? Yeah, I mean, I... Um... The I, he was good in the Kingsman, right? Which isn't really relevant, but it shows his ability to be like a, a leading man. Yeah. Um. So there was at least that, and he did a really good job there. Uh. So, you know, um, good-looking kid. He's shorter, which people were upset about that Hugh Jackman's kind of a big guy. Um. Mm -hmm. And um, I obviously would like Wolverine not to be touched, right? But like Disney is not gonna do that so uh you know we'll see yeah i think too like there's this new thing with marvel where they like just look to what the fandom wants like, you look at uh dr strange they put in krasinski there as mr fantastic and that was just that was literally just fan service for them like there's like kind of yeah the fans want them let's put them in it was a bit of a joke role but they at least listen to the fans. And I think the fans, like, Taron Edgerton, his name has been coming up for this role a few times now. Um, so I imagine Marvel's taking notice and being like, yeah, all these people want Taron Edgerton. Sure. Like, have a meeting, see if you can make an offer. Um, I like him as an actor. I, uh, 
Yeah, I think with the Kingsman movies, like he he shows that he can do action. He can be a leading man, so that's not in question. Um, yeah, so I I wouldn't be too disappointed if he was the one cast as Wolverine. So all I'm right, be disappointed at all? No, you could do far worse. I mean, you could put Danny DeVito in. Actually, I would probably be better. <laughs> Danny DeVito running around the MCU with claws. I would also not be disappointed in that. If they did like a Howard the Duck movie finally or something, like that would be a fun cameo. Because <laughs> I know some people have been mentioning that on the internet too. Like, yeah, just put Danny DeVito in. I'm like, why not? I'm like, why don't we have Danny DeVito in the MCU yet? That would be a slam dunk. Would. I love that. Uh, we got our first look at Namor and Atuma from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, big thing about the new movies, they're going to focus on um, the Atlantis and all the underwater people, including Namor and Atuma. So, that's exciting. And, uh, I mean, they the people are very split on Namor's look. Atuma, almost everyone's like, yeah, that looks cool. But Namor... People are split. Some people say, oh, this looks great. Comics accurate. Looks good. Other people are like, no, don't dig this whatsoever. It seems like more than any other uh, hero in the MCU or character, like this one's really splitting people down the middle. Have you uh, taken a look and see what they look like? Yeah, I saw one of Namor's. He kind of had like a jungle peacock kind of um vibe george of the jungle type of type of mm-hmm. i don't know who this person is right like i mean i've looked them up since we've talked about them you know earlier in the year but i i have no affinity or feelings towards either of these characters so uh, people that care go off uh, i i, I want to see what the real people look like yeah and the thing is too is like these are just still images of these characters like i always in the back of my mind i'm like wait till you see it in action with cgi and other effects like you know uh, yeah the base image the base look should still look good but like when you're seeing it in motion it's going to be different than when you're watching it you know just something in in a little still image that goes in some toy packaging so uh i didn't mind the look but i'm also like uh I think I'll wait to see it in action and see how it looks like with the full CG effects and all that stuff. But for now, at least, yeah, sure. looks fine. I think, too, like, this idea that you're taking this guy that lives underwater, uh, which is already kind of ridiculous. I mean, most of the things in the Marvel Universe are, but, like, it, it looks a little realistic. Like, he's got this Aztec look. It looks a little more grounded in reality than otherwise would, so... But yeah, I'm, I'm done. All right. Um, Thunderbolts team, we got that new movie coming. Uh, yes. Apparently, will include Black Widow's Olga Kurylenko as Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everyone's least favorite villain from a Marvel movie coming back. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Or maybe I'm not. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think she was the least interesting part of black widow um but also they kind of left things like where's she going what's she up to um yeah 
does this get you more excited for Thunderbolts, or you're just like, eh? Yeah, same. I mean, and like I, I again, I, I didn't know who Taskmaster was before all of this, but I've since read up on the character because a lot of people on Twitter lambasted. I mean, I thought Black Widow in general was kind of mediocre, so um, it it does seem weird mm. that they, excuse me, have like it seems like Marvel's kind of grasping at straws here with the content they're producing when there are still so many like. Not so many, but like there are more famous. I mean, X Men obviously and Fantastic Four are the two that are like, why are we not pushing multiple stories into this universe instead of taking characters that a lot of people weren't a big fan of mm-hmm. um, and making a movie out of them? Uh, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, or a Hulk movie, for example, like you know this. There's a lot of things that they still haven't done, but whatever. This sounds more like a Disney Plus movie than a wide release. Yeah, um, put together all these like C-list <laughs> villains and stuff. Like, yeah, doesn't quite strike me as like the most interesting movie. I mean, if they put it out theatrically, I'm sure people will still watch it. It's Marvel. You slap the Marvel label on it, people will line up, whether it's good or not, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, uh, I saw this and I was just like, really? Like, I don't know. I still just remember watching Black Widow and they were like trying to make Taskmaster this more like humanized version. And I'm like, no, Taskmaster is just a mercenary in the comics who just knows how to replicate people's moves, but then they had to make it where she's got, like, brain damage or something like that, and I'm like, okay. I understand that you're trying to, like, make things fit in this universe, but sometimes you just gotta go with what's in the comics. And, uh, that felt like a weird, weird change. So. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. The, it was, it seemed like a pretty drastic change from the comic Taskmaster, and I don't understand how that helps. Yeah. I think... (laughs) They put it into maybe be like, oh, this person's like very, like relatable or understandable or more sympathetic than otherwise would. But I don't think it necessarily worked the way they were wanting it to. But yeah, that's that's coming whenever it comes out. Who knows? Um, what is coming is Thor: Love and Thunder. Its director Taika Waititi said he's multi or. Uh, starring in multiple episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, I don't know. In Mandalorian Season 1, he played a droid. The droid looked like he got destroyed, but then against a robot. You just put a chip in, all of a sudden transferred to a new one. So, I don't know. I'm guessing there's going to be a reason why Taika Waititi will be back. Or maybe he's playing a new character. Who knows with Mandalorian. That show just does its own thing. I know you're yeah, not but, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's what it is. I, I good for good for Taika. You know, he seems to enjoy playing in that universe. Why not have some fun? All right, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, Discovery and DC Films will have a presence at San Diego Comic Con, but will make big changes to their approach. Uh, the the new kind of head of Warner Brothers Discovery said that basically their role, their 
kind of main thing about Comic-Con this year is going to be to assure fans or reassure fans that, you know, things aren't going away. We still got DC films. We still got all this other stuff. So I think it's more to just let people know, like, hey, we aren't totally turning this into a shit show. We've got, we got some plans. <laughs> we got you guys in mind. So, which I guess is good. I don't know if that means we're going to get any big announcements. Like, I don't think they're going to be like, this is the villain of Wonder Woman 3, or we're getting a Superman, Man of Steel 2, or I don't know. Like, I don't think there's going to be any big announcements, but I think they're mostly just there to be like, hey, we're here. We're, we showed up to the party. We're worth participating. Yeah, I'd love to hear something, but I, I think you're right. I don't think there's anything cooking, because um, they keep delight. Like, they had a good little slate for this year that uh, <laughs> so many things got pushed back. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what they would be announcing. I mean, maybe some Blue Beetle news. Yep. Um, you know, because I, I know that that's in production. So like, they might have like a scene or which I that's which give me that right. I'm I'm into that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, besides, I think you're right. I I don't I wouldn't expect to hear any major announcements. No, which is fine. I besides Blue Beetle. Yeah, I know we've got Wonder Woman, or no, not Wonder Woman, Aquaman coming soon. We got the sequel to that. Uh, you've got Shazam sequel and Black Adam. So, yes. I I think there will be some stuff. I just feel like it's kind of inevitable that I think they're going to be like showing something. I just I don't think it's going to be anything overly insane or drastic. It's just going to be like, here you go. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they'll definitely show us something. I'm just going to be there like, hi. Oh, no. My microphone. Can, can you hear me? My microphone cut out. I can hear you, yes. Okay, good. Anyway, yes. I think we'll see a couple scenes from things we've already... But I, when I'm, yeah, I don't think we're going to hear something new. Like, mm. hey, we have a new Batman coming out. Or here's the Suicide Suds sequel. Or like Peacemaker Season 2. I don't necessarily know that or birds of prey sequel which like any of those things i, I don't expect to hear no yeah i expect them to just come out like tap the microphone and be like uh we're here we're okay we're okay we just walks out the stage like that's it that's all they that's do it. all right um rumor has it warner brothers has canceled eight part tv series uh because it started ezra miller so ezra miller's just getting into some crazy shit and doesn't seem to be getting any better uh there was apparently an eight-part series that at least one way shape or form featured ezra miller as the flash and apparently got canceled so yeah and this comes from a actor whose friend was writing on the series so you know i don't know what that means for how valid it is but Something tells me you wouldn't just go on Twitter and say that something got canceled like that unless you were pretty sure. But right. so, take it with a grain of salt. Who knows? Um, but I kind of believe that I, that could happen because I mean we did see Ezra Miller show up in um, Peacemaker there. So yes, at the end. Yeah. So it's not entirely impossible that he could show up in a TV series. Maybe not starring in it, but maybe he's a pretty prominent player in it. So, but. Something also tells me, too, that there's got to be more to it than just, oh, Ezra Miller is problematic. We canceled the show. Like, maybe the show wasn't just quite up to snuff. 
because uh, something tells me if you're doing a show like that, you could easily replace people in it or do something else with it. Um, I don't know. Just seemed a little bit weird that they were just like, yep, yeah, we're totally canceling this show because of Ezra Miller. Maybe that's the case, but I feel like there's, there might be something more to it. Um, I mean, I'm, yes, I, I think you're right that there's more to this story, but I am, I'm done with, it's like, as we're up and down stuff, like, can y'all just replace him, them, and come on. I, I've said this, like, three times in this podcast. I, I think that they were stupid not to just use Grant, and they thought that they were better than the people. Like, that's where these studios make a mistake, is they do something well, and then they think, oh, we're good instead of we've done something good. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be a different Ezra, right? You can link it through the show. Excuse me, a different Ezra, a different Grant, right? It's the same Grant, the same actor. But yeah. you can have him in his universe. You can connect it on the TV show and then have him run into a different universe that involves some minor character. Uh, like, maybe he, he runs into Lois Lane, um, Amy Adams, and then yeah. that's it, and then we 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 get it, and yeah. people would be so much happier. And oh, it's not too late to do that, Warner Brothers. By the way, no, it, it's really not. I think too, like people would be okay with that. Grant Gustin, you know, I don't know. I don't know if too many people who are still watching the Flash show, but like, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> he's been around a while. He's he's done his thing. Yeah, give him a chance. And it would renew interest in your show, which of course has fallen off, but like name me a show that was good for eight seasons straight, right? Like it's very difficult to, yeah. <laughs> I think oh. it's been eight seasons. Yeah. I think it goes for like a lot of different movies too, or a lot of different shows too, where yeah, eight seasons doesn't quite, uh, it, it's a little hard to follow that up. So yes. All right. Um, Ghostbusters to return and return to action next December as Afterlife sequel gets official release date. So December of 2023. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some people really hated the new Ghostbusters. Uh, I liked it, but I remember walking out of the press screen and people been like, this is worse than the Melissa McCarthy one. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Are you all right? Did you check yourself? Um, did you watch the new Ghostbusters at all? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. See? Um, um, I don't mind people that say that they don't. I don't think it's like a triumph, but I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was definitely better than the Melissa McCarthy movie. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. By a freaking mile. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to get a sequel to that. And, um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious what they're going to do with it, what their ideas are. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the plot's gonna be? But I'll go see it after they, uh, after they did such. After I enjoyed the first one, yeah, you've you've earned my trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Madam Web adds American Horror Story and Scream Queen star Emma Roberts. Oh yeah, that cast looks very attractive, but I think that movie might be doo doo. Yeah, I, I part of me is like, what is it with all these actors? What is going on? Um, 
there was a report that came out that said that this movie might not actually be about Madam Web, and it might just be like a Avengers-style team-up with a bunch of different female characters from the Sony Spider-Man-verse. So, I don't know. If that's the case, I don't know what their game plan is with that. Like, why not just say, we're making a female team-up film? Why keep saying it's Madam Web? If it is Madam Web, what's with all these actors and actresses? Like, who are they playing? What's going on? There's so many question marks attached to this, and I don't know. Maybe it could be good, but I I still I'm a little bit trepidous. I'm a little bit like, wait wait to see what they actually do here. Big wait and see. Uh, I mean, again, like I I don't think Morbius was as bad. I mean, it wasn't good. We definitely trashed it, but it wasn't as bad as everyone says it it, it was. And I liked. I really liked. Um, well, I liked. I think can't think of <laughs> Venom. There he is. I liked the first Venom, the second Venom, not not so much. I think they they oh, carnage yeah. dirty, but I I believe in their ability to swing and and get one right here. Uh, and they're not going to stop making these, so because they're gonna they're gonna keep making Spider Man stuff, so they get to keep it as they should. Why mm-hmm. lose the golden goose? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um. Uh, Cameron Diaz, Diaz sorry, is uh, coming out of retirement for a Netflix movie with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I heard about this, but I not I didn't hear any details. Like someone tweeted that Cameron's back. Basically, is all I read. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, she's retired. I didn't even realize she was retired. I thought she was still doing acting, but I guess not. She talked about it. Uh, Kevin Hart had like a YouTube series where he interviewed really famous people. Jamie Foxx was one of them, uh, I believe. And I, I watched Cameron and she basically was like, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a friend. I wanted to be like things that I could not be while with the work ethic and, and the amount of things that I was doing. Like she kind of sounded like she was a, a movie addict, right? Like she felt like she couldn't balance one. So she had to get rid of it. Mm. Yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna see her on screen. Well, Netflix at least, but so um, cool. Good for her. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't like a world without camera Diaz in movies. So I'll gladly take her being back back in the in a movie again. So. And if you're young and you kind of don't know Cameron Diaz, because that's fair, she hasn't really been in anything in a while. Like. She, I don't know if it's fair to say that she was like the number one actress at any time in her life, but she was definitely in the top five, like most famous, most respected, most uh, opportunities given. Uh, and there's probably three or four movies. How many Cameron Diaz movies would you say you, you like love? Like that like hold a special place in, in, in your heart. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say three or four for myself. Yeah, like, there's some movies that she's done that, like, I, to this day, still really enjoy. Like, I really like her role in The Mask, even though she's not, yes. like, the main character. Um, Vanilla Sky, she's great in that. There's something about Mary. Yeah, that was, okay, that, that was, that's what I was waiting for you to say. Yeah. 
Charlie's Angels even, which is like, I don't know. The first know. one, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's some really solid Cameron Diaz movies. So. Um, um, yeah, I mean, that was, yes, that, uh, she, and she was in big one. I mean, she was in like a thousand, not a thousand, but a couple of romantic, like what happens in Vegas, uh, night and day. I mean, those weren't, you know, those were rom-coms that maybe weren't as great, but I, the special place in, in my heart, the other woman even wasn't that bad. Like bad teacher. Anyway, I, we don't need to go through her IMDb, and it's crazy, actually, that I know that many Cameron Diaz movies. Yeah. <laughs> so a little thinking about it. Anyway, well, well, welcome back. Yes. It, from what I can see, it looks like The Mask was her uh, first major movie that she was in, which is crazy. That makes sense, like, because it is, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't do a ton in that movie, but be, like, insanely attractive, which in itself is a skill. Uh, they, so they didn't give her a, a lot of meat to, uh, um, but <laughs> then, you know, they're like, oh, wait, you can talk too. Awesome. <laughs> Let's give you a little bit more to work with. Yeah. All right. Uh, Barbara Broccoli, who's the producer on 007 James Bond movies, says the next film will be a reinvention of the series. So, oh boy. Yeah, they're going to ruin it. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can, like, looking at the things, uh, they, like, they, they took a lot of the machismo and a lot of the cool, a lot of the, like, sex, like, they, they took all that out of the last one compared to the others, um, and, which we think we've covered on here, made, made it more of, like, a family drama, which uh, I'm really worried that that's kind of, that they're going to ruin James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last one... It seemed like it was trying to avoid all the stuff that makes a James Bond movie, and it just made it really awkward and not great. So I don't know. I'm a little trepidous about this. Uh, so I guess in my mind, I'm like, what exactly is a reinvention? Like, do you have James Bond be a woman? Do you have you know? Do you be a different race? You something like that? Like, is that what they consider a reinvention, or is it like just have James Bond working as a you know, working as a barista at a coffee shop. Like, uh, it's a little too vague for me to be like, okay, but based on what I saw with uh, No Time to Die, yeah, I'm not exactly going to be lining up day one to see see what this might be. Uh, but we'll see. Keep an eye out, I guess. Right. Uh, and then finally, The Last Driving with Joe Bob Briggs, renewed for season five by Shudder. Good job, Shudder. Because Joe Bob is a whole lot of fun, and I'm glad they brought him back. Because he's clearly enjoying this late stage renaissance in his career, and I'm here for it. So, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back and review some movies. Back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. We're reviewing some movies. Uh, 
see what we got this week. Let's start us off with Minions Rise of Gru. It's doing crazy numbers at the box office, but is it a crazy good movie? Not really. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to go watch this. And uh, yeah, it's uh, started off. I'm like, okay, this is like Gru's origin story is what they were painted as. Uh, both in the marketing material and even like early on when the movie gets set up and you think, okay, that's what we're going to be watching. We're going to be watching Gru's origin story. Whether you need that or not, questionable, but hey, that's what we're working with. But then the movie does something incredibly stupid. It doesn't even do that story. It doesn't even have a story at all. I'm pretty sure the director of this movie and the studio were pretty much like, Hey, let's just use this as an excuse to like string together a bunch of sketches with the minions for the entire length of the runtime. And then we'll just, yeah, throw that in, call it a movie because there's literally no plot to this movie. It's literally just a bunch of different sketches with the minions all kind of sewn together and then they call it a movie. Um, I'm not saying that like you show up to the minions movies for a plot, but like this literally just came across as like a YouTube compilation video of different minions doing things. And I don't know the kids that were in the theater, I was watching it and we're like having a great time, but I was just like, how like there's literally nothing to this. This is literally, it, it just seems like bottom feeding of movie making. Like just no effort being put in. They were literally like, let's do things with the minions. That'll make people laugh. And that's about it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I walked away and I'm like, I'm not saying that I was expecting a, uh, Oscar tier script from the Minions movies, but I was hoping to at least have some kind of a story, some kind of thing to string everything along. But when it's just a bunch of sketches like that, you just lose interest very quickly. So I'm giving this a two out of 10. Uh, I don't know why anybody would go see this personally, but it's there. It exists if you want to. Okay, let's start, or let's talk about Stranger Things 4, Part 2, which, Spark, you've also seen. Yes. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was long. The first episode, or the second to last episode was only like an hour and a half. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was a little bit longer, but whatever. And then the last episode of the season, two and a half hours long. Like, that's a movie. What are you guys doing over there? Crazy people over there. Um... Did you think that even with the longer runtime that it was worth it? Did you walk away being like, yeah, that was that was a good time? Oh, I loved it. Uh, it is too long. Like it just even, I, I, it does something mentally that there's no break that you feel like you have to. Like I split it up because it, to me it was just like I need uh, I need to stop. <laughs> I cannot do this whole thing it's it's too much um but i think that helped me appreciate it like i i kind of stopped at what i thought would be a bit of a lull um and then i i watched the i watched the last hour and 40 minutes last night um mm. but yeah i mean are there there's like little things and i'm like i don't need like with will like i'm bored with this like this kind of longing stare that we've been getting. It's like, uh, pay it off or don't, but this tension isn't tension. It's just annoying. 
but I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that were like into it. Anyway, um, that's all I'll say for for now. Let's let's see what you have to say. Yeah, I will say to the will thing. Um, you know, there's been some internet speculation that he's gay, and um, I don't know if that was originally their plan or they're just like heard that internet mummer and we're like that's a great idea let's put this in but it does kind of feel like there was at least a couple scenes in this last two episodes where they were like oh will's definitely got a thing for other kid i'm forgetting yeah. mike mike yeah where he's got a thing for mike and i'm like are they setting this up as a love triangle like what is the deal with this um i don't know it felt like maybe they were just trying to like give something for the fans like oh the fans want this to happen let's put this in but then it's like when you think about it from a story perspective what's the overall point of having that story like is it to put in that that element of the story to like show that you're inclusive to show that you're like you know hey we can show gay representation in the show or is it just because like there's an actual reason for it. I don't know. At this point, I'm a little bit like, why, why put that in? I'm not saying that it doesn't need to be put in, but I'm just saying, I don't know what your end goal with telling the story is. Um, yeah, I, I, there, my main complaint with this, um, was there, well, this is, this is a pretty major spoiler, I guess. Uh, so walk away now if you haven't seen it, but, uh, early on in the season, they tease a, a death. Do you think someone's going to die? Then they kind of do a little bit of uh, subverting your expectation by not ha having this person die. And at first, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, we all kind of figure at this point that someone's going to die in a Stranger Things season. So we all kind of figure it's going to happen. And then I kind of figured that character was safe. And then later on in the season, they were like, Oh no, we're just gonna kill them anyways, or at least I don't know severely. I don't know what what to say to this character is. Maybe they're dead. Maybe they're not dead. But it's uh, I was like, huh? That seemed that kind of reminded me a bit of The Walking Dead, where they had um, Glenn. Like they kind of early on in the season, they were like, oh, Glenn's Glenn's gonna die. Oh, we thought he died. Nah, no, he didn't. But then they kill him anyways. It's just like I don't know that kind of wishy-washy back and forth thing doesn't quite work for me i don't quite enjoy it that much but yeah um trying to think of what um else. yeah so that we'll just stick with that that character's death uh well they did die and then something else happened which like that is my biggest com complaint is like we need I just I always say this like the, the the reason why end of trilogy superhero movies are often so good is that there are real consequences on the table and then like we as people respond better, um, like knowing that like uh, eleven is in danger right in this one and they like make it like oh no but they've already announced a season five and there cannot be a season five if eleven is dead. So this whole time you're seeing bad things happen to her, there is this kind of like, yeah, well, how does she figure it out, right? Like, which kind of ruins it. But what makes it interesting is that we know that Eleven is safe. 
Yeah. No one else on that cast is needed except Mike and Will for the next season. Those are the only three people we need. So it does make it interesting when other people are put in danger, but then it feels like such a cop-out when the people they do get rid of potentially are the easiest people to get rid of. Yeah. That, that to me... Which, like, that is purely TV critic, right? I, I know 90% of the people do not care about that and are just like, I like this character or I don't. But I, I just wish, as good as this season was, they had taken a real swing. Like, if if one of the original four kids died, that yeah. is a freaking ending. Yeah. Um, well, and the thing is, like, okay, well, they quote-unquote killed max and then brought her back and i was like if you could just bring people back at this point like what what is the stakes like if right. you can, like this like if you can bring them back like what you know say in next season like mike takes a spear to the chest 11 could just be like uh-huh healed you and i'm like uh, where's the stakes in the show like i don't know maybe they'll do something to address that, like give it that she's got some kind of limit to that. But for now, at least it looks like, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit that kind of prevents, prevents death from being a really meaningful thing in the show anymore. But yeah. Yes. Wait, Which, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I hated that. I yeah. like their decision to kill that character. I thought was a beautiful scene and like really, like the drama leading up to it, I thought that that was such a great crescendo, right? Because this was a fan favorite mm -hmm. uh, that we all thought was safe, right? <laughs> like that was the whole point. Um, yeah. And so to take away that consequence, what to me was poor. Yeah. Uh, there were still a couple of deaths that seemingly are permanent. You had oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Brenner character, which. That also kind of felt kind of weird because we see him quote unquote die when he gets eaten by the Demogorgon. Uh, it happens off screen, so of course you don't know exactly what happens, but it's implied that he died. Uh, and then he comes back in this, and then this, and then this one they just like shoot him in the back a couple times, and I'm like, okay, well I don't think he's coming back from that. I think even Eleven says at a certain point to someone like that he died, so. Um, unless they're going to magically pull him back from the grave a, uh, a second time. I, th I think he's done. But I think the, the thing for me is, like, I actually really liked uh, the Eddie Munson character this season. Yes. Uh, yes. When they first introduced him, I was like, okay, I don't really like this character that much. But, like, over the course of the season, they made me actually really care about this character. I actually really liked him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um I did like his uh, little guitar solo there. We played uh, Master that of Puppets. So that yes. was that, that <laughs> was probably the greatest like moment of this season. Is him playing the music while he's getting all those bats, uh, basically the kind of focus on him and not the others. Um, yeah, and uh, there was like a great scene in this part two with the last two episodes where uh, Dustin talks to his dad. I was like, wow, this is actually, like, a really, like, well-done scene and really just kind of focuses on the impact of of those actions. So I really like that quite a bit, actually. 
Yes, I I agree. Um, that's I, I when you talk about handling a character arc, it's disappointing that he's the one, right? Because he was. It was so fun to watch him grow and to watch us grow with like our understanding of him grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the way that they handled that. Um, so, the, so another note about the show that I really like is that sometimes shows like this show understands that it's been like that we watch all of these in a week, we mm-hmm. talk about it for a month, and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. And so when they do when they do wink wink references, a lot of times they just freaking show you. They're like, "This yeah. is what we're addressing." So when he like has that no, I'm going to do this. They're like, hey, <laughs> remember this? Mm-hmm. Now let's go. Yeah. Um, and I like that they do that because I be, normally it's like, and sometimes in movies it feels a little bit like, can you let us think? But for here, we forget. Okay, <laughs> We forget what you said in season two. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, yes. Shout out to Eddie that... Uh, Chrissy, this is for you. Is like that's that's the type of shit stuff that you like get tattooed, right? Like if you're a fan, like those types of moments, like you never. It's it's like when when Snape, Snape says always, right? It's not the yeah. same thing. So I think this the Snape twist was a a, a bit better, but uh, those types of moments you don't forget. I'm gonna forget a lot of stuff about Stranger Things. I'm not gonna forget that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I had a good laugh too uh, when they uh, there's the the jock, the athlete, the Jason guy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they just like glossed over his death at the end there because he's yes. laying on the floor and the floor splits open. It just dissolves his like mid portion section. Yeah, and I was like, okay, they did, they did not make a big deal of that at all. It's just like, oh, okay, he's dead. Um, very unceremonious. <laughs> very. Considering like what he did this season, I was like, God, I wanted a little bit more to that. But yes, know. he's a major character in the show. Yeah. And I get it. There's like very the idea in the show is like anybody can die anytime. There's not much that you know. Like there's no safety net. You know, but also at the same time too, just kind of felt like I kind of needed a little bit more. Like I kind of thought that um the uh the other character there the one that was fighting him there uh, lucas could have yes. maybe had a bit more of a part in his death because you know he was so integral to that story but ended up being a bit of a cop out in that in that regard um yeah and i guess like the big major ramifications of this are that uh the upside down world is bled into the real world now um so that's interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I yes, I think they've said that season five, the next season is going to be the last one. And I guess yes. it's based on this, like, okay, I get it. The upside down world and this and our world are bleeding into one. Uh, they had like a big earthquake. So Hawkins is in disarray. Like I, I it was, it's funny. Cause I guess in my mind, I was like, I don't know if they were really going to make this the last season. Like I thought they would maybe milk it for another two seasons or something. Uh, but yeah, watching this, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're setting the stage for the final season. So let's see what happens. 
hundred percent. Um, I'm glad. Like, I think five. I've I've always said anything beyond five for any TV show, you're 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 pushing it. I feel I feel like four or five is like as fans, of course, we want way more. Mm. Uh, but if you're talking like tight storytelling, even if you make five a part one and part two, like this isn't really a part one and part two, right? But like a like a real instead of nine episodes maybe you, you do like 16 or something so like not a two full seasons but i don't think they're going to do that i think they'll just make each episode two hours if they if they need to mm-hmm. i'm hyped though yeah and i know it's not going to be so freaking long <laughs> just watch like each episode's gonna be like three hours long like, at, this right. point, at this point i wouldn't be surprised uh I was making a comment on Twitter when, like, I remember when the first season was coming out and they were, like, trying to get podcasts and YouTube channels to, like, promote it and be like, yeah, I got this big thing. Can you talk about it? it was, of course, now it's like they're well beyond that. They don't even need guys like us to promote the show. The, like, the show do- does what it does. It's it's pretty much a lot for doing well. But... Yes, and it's, and it's earned it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think it's score-wise for Stranger Things for Part 2? Um, I mean, of course, I had my issues, but I, I did truly enjoy it. Uh, it. It rang a lot of bells for me, and it kept the three storylines. The, the thing that I, I will say finally about that is the Russia storyline, which at first I was like, can we get out of this? But the Hopper development with, like, the Russian, the West Coast, and the Hawkins, like, they pulled that all together very well and it felt almost Avengers-esque when, when they all uh, came back together post-fight uh, but like we're fighting on their individual battles to help each other mm-hmm. just very well done um, so just despite some some weaknesses I, w- I will give it a, an, an 8.5 maybe, 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 maybe a 9 yeah, I'll give it an 8. I feel like there were some sections that dragged a little bit, but I can't argue with how they wrapped it all up. I thought that was just fantastic. So I think where we ended up was great. I think how we got there could have been a little bit tighter, but still can't can't argue with how good this is. So Okay, uh, next up is The Forgiven. Uh, it's a new movie out uh, starring Ralph Fiennes. And um, I'm trying to see who else is in this movie. Because I saw the movie and I already forget most of it. Um, let's see here. Okay. So it's got... Uh, yeah. Ra- Jessica Chastain, Ralph Fiennes, and Matt Smith. And uh, basically kind of focuses on... Uh, this crazy thing that happens and uh, to this couple who are visiting a different country and then kind of shows the ramifications and different aspects of that event. So kind of shows different angles from it. Uh, very ambitious, at least from a storytelling perspective, but I think where it ended up landing was just a little bit dull. Not quite really worth the ride. I don't know. I, I can definitely see where... Somebody thought this would be interesting and somebody thought this would be cool. Um, but yeah, it just ends up being very mediocre. Um, the execution on this, like the acting, the direction, the 
just editing and all that. It just all seems very eh, despite the cool concept. So I'll give it a five out of ten. It's it's okay. I think if you're into different kind of filmmaking and uh, storytelling styles, this might have something for you. But I don't think it's it's an instant draw for even for those people. Next up is Marcel the Shell. Adam already reviewed this, so I'm not going to go too much into it. Uh, I'll say that I enjoyed it. It's a cute little story, fun little dynamic they've got going there uh, with the shell. And, like, it felt really real world with how the shell is kind of, like, getting kind of a name for itself through social media and stuff like that. So I thought it was very well done. I give it 8 out of 10. And then finally, Cristela Alonso, Middle Class, he is out on Netflix. Uh, I never have heard of this comedian. It was the first time watching. Uh, I was like, okay. I, I didn't find it nearly as funny as I was expecting to. Um, I mean, obviously, comedy is subjective. Some people are going to find things funny where others don't. But I, I personally didn't find this to be as funny as possibly could have been. So... I'll give it a 7 out of 10. It was okay, but yeah, I, I do wonder how other people will respond to this. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and recap the boys and talk about our movie club this week, The Man from Toronto. Back. Hey, Spark, have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of What streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact. Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash creatingregards so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? All right, we're back. Let's uh, first talk about The Boys, episode seven. Uh, yeah, the penultimate episode, too. Uh, the big uh, setup for the season finale. Um, yeah, Spark, if I'm not mistaken, you're kind of like, going through these things kind of as they come out, right? Like, you haven't gone and watched the the season finale yet, right? No, I, um, even though I had access to it, I kind of, like, curiosity did not get this cat. I, I, I enjoy 
kind of talking about it as it's happening. Um, and then this last episode, I started it and then like life kind of happened. So I got to, I, I know I said half, but it not even half, I think it's a quarter. I got to Butcher being put into the, the um, spoiler alert. Okay, Butcher being put into the his memory and mm. then Soldier Boy being like, leave him. <laughs> we got stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I, which is like a pretty intense moment. Uh, but I had to, yeah, I just, so I haven't gotten past that, but I can talk up to that. Okay. Okay. And then I'll just like leave while you re- re- recap the rest. <laughs> well, I won't go into the spoilers. I don't even really, I don't, I don't know. I'm also like, I don't really want to spoil things for people. Maybe, I don't know. People people should go and buy it. I'll say, generally speaking, I like this episode. Uh, it sets up a lot. Like, I think that's what this episode was really geared towards, was setting up the finale, moving pieces into play. That's why it's not the most exciting episode when you're thinking about it on its own, because it nothing in this was really like, wow, like, we really needed to... Um, uh, kind of set like we it wasn't really doing anything crazy on its own i think the big thing was um like certain people finding out that temporary v is fatal and like the drama that was happening around that i think that Mm -hmm. was kind of like the big thing from this uh episode um or well also to like you find out who homelander's real father is and that was kind of interesting did you get to that part or no no, I had theories about that, uh, but I I won't even get into that because I don't want to ruin it. But that there were some yeah. things that make sense um, that yeah. I, uh, I, I I won't get into it. But I will say that my theory at the beginning of this season was that a character, a pretty pivotal character in this show was indeed involved there. Um, and then when... Homelander is talking to a certain person about their eggs that like to me like shot off a fire alarm of like hold on uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, well, wait one minute uh, I feel like my theory might, might be getting closer and closer oh, 100%. Um, yeah but I did also have a theory that this is I don't know if, and I don't know if this is addressed at all that people that were born uh, super have a different makeup than people that were made super. Um, and I think that's going to be relevant down the road. I don't uh, think but anyway. I don't think they've touched on that yet, but I, I had that same thought of like, you know, are people who are quote unquote naturally born with these abilities different than the, those who get them added later on in life? I don't think they've touched and, on that yet, but I'd be curious if they if they do. If they do, I think yeah. it matters. I don't know yeah. how it couldn't, because uh, it feels like one's a like a genetic structure that can be recreated, and the other is like kind of a virus that can be eradicated. That's why I think you can take people's if you're if you're a V uh, intake. I think you can take it because it's like a virus. But I think if I think even if it was eliminated, if you were born with it, that it would come back on its own. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's just... Yeah, and then also, too, there was some Black Noir flashbacks and kind of, like, fleshing out his backstory, which is interesting, because as a character, he's largely just been in the background, and I kind of like that they've been giving him some more stuff. 
Um, and yeah, uh, they did some interesting stuff with like cartoons and showing his backstory via cartoons because I guess his mind is a little bit more simple due to everything that's happened to him. So I, I, I dug that. I thought that was really well done. So, okay. Um, yeah. Even though you've only seen like half of the episode, would you give it a score? Yeah, I mean, uh, from what I see, uh, uh, I'd probably say a six and a half. Um, okay. It's just kind of, kind of, kind of light. Doesn't have a lot of punch to it. Uh, no pun intended. But uh, it's also hard when Herogasm was such a so so. It was so much. <laughs> it was so yeah. so much. You need yeah. episodes that kind of bring you down before you, they take you back up. Hundred percent, and I think that's what this was like. Episode six, Herogasm was this big thing. You've got the finale next week, so I think this episode was largely moving things into play for the finale. It's not necessarily bad, but I don't think it was as interesting as it could have been, just because unless you've seen the finale, which I I've seen the finale, I've you know, I think on its own, it, this episode is a little bit boring. Not by much. I'd still give this yeah like a seven out of ten, but. Yeah, I think I think when you see next week's finale, it'll make a lot of the things that they move around. It'll start to make sense with what they're doing. So cool. Uh, let's talk about the man from Toronto. Uh, you chose this for movie club. Yes. Uh, and you've only seen half of it. Uh, yes. What did you think of what you did see? Um, I was a little disappointed. Um, just, I, Woody Harrelson is, you know, I, I would, I don't know if it's, if it's fair to say he's underrated. I feel like he's pretty heralded, but, uh, I, I would say that his range is probably under, underrated. Like, I, I think someone that can absolutely destroy white men can't jump and natural born killers deserves a good amount of fanfare. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, this this feels it feel tired and and a, a bit trite. That I don't think that sounds like an elitist word. It just I thought Kevin and Woody would give me something better than they did. And I, I, I didn't think it was bad. Again, I didn't finish it, but like I I caught the vibe. <laughs> but like yeah, um, I just I was expecting better. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Um... It's worth noting, too, that Sony developed this movie and <laughs> sold it to Netflix, which uh, maybe when you started to see the movie, you're like, this makes sense. Because I don't think they were nearly confident that this would do well theatrically and watching this movie, I kind of see why. Uh, yeah, I, The director of this, he did... Um, he's not a few other movies where the gist of the movie is that he just meshes together two comedians or people like people that he thinks will be funny and it's like oh let's see if the, if, if this makes for a funny movie the director's name is Patrick Hughes he did the hitman's bodyguard the hitman's wife's bodyguard uh and then he also did expendables 3 so again this idea that his movies are let's mesh together groups of people or two people and see what happens and i think sometimes that can pull itself off but other times like this i, I don't know like I, I as much as i find kevin hart funny as much as i find woody harrelson funny i thought together in this they just had no 
comedic chemistry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I was watching this. I'm like, I, I don't think these two are funny together. I know they're funny on their own, but together, I just don't think they were quite jiving as well as they could have. And again, I think the director kind of, he, he tends to do this as a means to like, be like, yeah, let's just make a movie with these two characters, two actors. How could it not be funny? And I guess, you know, there's only so much that, that that premise will take you before eventually it's like, okay, yeah, this is not quite what it could have been. Huh. I agree with you. Uh, Kevin's funny. Um, in his movies, it's been ups and downs, but the team up movies he's done. I mean, I think get, I mean, get hard while not being one of Will, Will Ferrell's best certainly isn't his worst. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I mean, Juma like central intelligence and Jumanji were both, I think, quite funny and quite yeah. entertaining. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not like, I don't know that Kevin Hart's had that classic film. If I don't, in fact, I know he hasn't, um, <laughs> but I expected better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, you know what? I think that's just the, this director. He seems to have it set. <laughs> this is what he thinks will work for him and for others. And I don't know, again, I don't think so personally, but yeah. Uh, what do you think it's score wise? Uh, oh, probably a five and a half. Okay. Uh, I'd give some uh, th a three. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. This is, this is a little rough, but you know what? it's it was uh worth a watch you know i mean it is the man from toronto it's got canadian connections how could i not check this out so okay well i'm trying to pull up the movie club schedule to see what the next one is all right uh the next movie is animated it's also from well it's from disney uh, it's The Great Mouse Detective. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, a classic from my childhood. I'm excited to revisit this. So, Cool. Well, that's it for the two-man show. The two ingredients this week. Uh, yeah. With that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.